This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're listening to The Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family? We are back with another morning drop. You got Ike Jones in here now talking a little football. Points per game for defense. What does Auburn need to do to be successful in 2023 under Ron Roberts? We're going to talk about it right here. Y'all know how we do War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Are now, now listening to, to the Warrior Morning drop right here, Wednesday morning. We're back. Mike Jones, Ike G. It, like, <laughs> right. Mike G. What did I, I don't even know what that was right there. Skip one day of the morning drop, and now all of a sudden I can't talk, man. But anyway, we're in here. Mike G. Talking a little defense today, man. How you feeling? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Listen, Auburn, uh, we talk a lot of offense. You know, but it's time to start focusing on that other side of the ball here to see uh, how they're going to be able to compete. And, you know, I think it's going to be a big component in, you know, whether or not uh, they can produce uh, the type of season Hugh Freeze is going to want in year one. We're going to talk a little bit this morning about how the defense can do in 2023. And we're going to focus on points per game in this conversation, Mike. So uh, today over here, what we have is defensive rankings for points per Mm. game in the SEC last season. Of course, to no one's surprise, leading the way is Georgia at 14.27 points per game allowed last year, which is, if you think about how ridiculous that is, for them to have played 14, 15 games last year, and on average, they gave up two touchdowns, just north of two touchdowns per game. Mm. That's crazy. Now, at the bottom end of that spectrum, you have Vanderbilt, who gave up 36 points per game. The unfortunate reality of this is only two spots above them from the bottom was Auburn last year at 29.5 points per game surrendered, which doesn't sound like a ridiculous amount of points, but almost 30 points per game, not going to get it done for the SEC, considering the the evolution of the offenses in the SEC. You're going to have to stop people. Um, you know, we talk about dominant defenses don't exist anymore. Georgia definitely proved that to not be true. Listen, Alabama at 18.25, a really respectable number to be able to to have as points per game in a year where people thought Alabama's defense wasn't that great. Yeah, look, I think about it this way. Um, if you were Alabama or Georgia, you score three touchdowns, you're likely winning that game. <laughs> So it takes a big load off of, you know, your offense to be able to— Did I say it was June 3rd? Somebody saying I said said it was June 3rd. It's June 7th. So I don't don't know when the world I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, I'm just just wrong all over the place. All right, anyway. It takes a big, a a lot of pressure off of your offense, you know, when you have a defense that can do this. Again, we saw that with Georgia in in year one of of back-to-back, right? Like, they had— the leeway to not be great offensively sometimes because their defense could go out and hold people under, uh, you know, 
you know, 14 points a game. Even last year, think about Georgia versus uh, Missouri, a 16 to 12 game. You know, that's a game a lot of teams lose, but they won it because, again, they held them to 12 points. And, you know, here we are. So when I'm looking at this list and I'm thinking, oh, there goes Auburn, one of the worst teams in the league. Give me up 29.5 points per game. Yikes. Right. Yeah. Uh, Only teams worse than them. Arkansas and Vanderbilt with a 30 plus. Uh, So, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm just thinking we asked this question on one of our lives of everybody. Everybody thought that, you know, in the low 20s would be a good number. Now, uh, they're not wrong. That would put Auburn about middle of the pack. But there is definitely a correlation between the success of the teams that you see in the top five. What to me, Texas A&M and it being the only outlier. So what this Texas A&M number says to me is their defense was paltry. Like, it was absolutely terrible. Texas A&M at 20.67 points per game, putting them at fourth in the conference. Their offense was terrible, yeah. Yeah, they just couldn't score any points last year. If you have a defense that's keeping people below three touchdowns per game and you lose as many games as they did last year, you're not scoring any points. Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to the level of talent that they had, I guess, you know. I mean, listen, they did. They brought in one of the best recruiting classes of all time. And when you have the Jimmys and Joes, uh, it can you'll, you'll get these these weird numbers, you know. But, they, I mean, it points to me, the points to coaching. Right. It points to coaching why they were not successful. But look at it again. The 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 winner of the West was top five in points per game. Yeah. At, at, at LSU. Um the the winner of the conference was, you know, leading in this statistic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and all the other teams that actually competed were in the top half of the conference at points per game. Tennessee had a great season, if you ask me. Still, all things considered, they had a really good season and their quarterback got hurt at the end of the year, uh, but still only giving up 22.77 points per game with an offense that was considered pretty prolific and is on the, you know, Heupel's doing some great things on offense there. I mean, they, they had the best wide receiver in the country in, in Hyatt and, uh, you know, they had a quarterback that was doing it, but they could they pair that with a defense that could hold opponents to a number that made it reasonable for them to outscore most of their opponents. Right. right. So if you're going to get into track meet with every team you play, it's going to be really, really difficult, I think, to have sustained success in the SEC and especially in the SEC West. So yeah. these numbers are pretty telling. I mean, I mean, there were three teams essentially in the conference, Ike, below 20 points per game. And achieving yeah. that is is difficult. Yeah, so I mean, let just for the whole list here, we've got Georgia 14.27, Bama at 18.25, Kentucky at 19.23, Texas A&M 20.67, LSU 22.07, Tennessee 22.77, Mississippi State 23.08. That's an interesting number considering what their offense was last year. Uh, but again, you kind of see the parity between you being able to score a lot of points and then holding opponents in a, in a respectable number. Missouri coming in next at 25.15. Ole Miss next at 25.54, which means Lane Kiffin, again, has got to put up a lot of points in that offense in order to be able to balance out how many points per game they were giving up on defense. Florida, a disrespectful 28.85 considering how poor their offense was last year. South Carolina at 28.85, which actually shows how good South Carolina was offensively last year because of what their record was. Auburn, 29.5. We already talked about them 
or our, 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 that number just really doesn't look good when you look at how many points we were actually able to score on a consistent basis. Arkansas giving up 30.62, and then again, Vanderbilt rounding out the list at 36. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, Auburn at 29.50, forget where they rank, right? Like, I don't really care what number we come in as far as ranking in the SEC, What's the number need to be as far as points per game, do you think? Because, again, we have to think about what we expect this offense to be or really what do we don't know this offense will be. What do you think is the number Auburn needs to be at at points per game in order to be at a respectable place to give our offense a chance this season to get us some W's over there in that column? Uh, listen, here's what I think, right? I think that reasonably speaking in today's college football, if you can hold a team to three touchdowns, you should be able to win that game. You should have a chance to win that game, right? Scoring below three touchdowns is a level of a, of offensive ineptitude that just it's not going to it's not going to yield you many wins, Isaac. Right, especially when the rules are so offense friendly. If you're a defense, it's never been harder to play defense. <laughs> Right. Uh, DBs can't do anything, man, without getting a flag on them. Right. You know, uh, uh, defensive holding is getting called more than ever. It is difficult to play defense these days. So if you can hold a team to 21 points, your offense should be able to outscore that team. And we Auburn just hired an offensive head coach. This scheme should be worth, you know, and I don't have the points per game on offense because we're talking defense here, but, you know, to me, how, think about it. Think about it as a fan right now. Think about how many games Auburn lost, oh, you know, going all the way back to Gus because they couldn't score three touchdowns. Right. And it was close. Right? There are a lot. There are probably more, more than I would care to talk about. And so they have, they've got to get those, you know, the, to me, that's the difference between six and six and eight and four. Right? Or seven and five and nine and three is winning those games where you can hold a team to 21 points, but score 24 even, yeah. right? Or, you know, or get to 30 points per game. Uh, honestly, that's not a lot in college football. But if you're going to get in a track meet because your defense can't hold anybody, it's going to be tough. The yeah. offense has an off day. It's, it's going to be difficult. They've, they've got to find it on defense. It's going to be interesting, right? The synergy between those two things, between offense and defense, right? Like if your offense can't stay on the field, the defense has got to be on the field more often. So that definitely hurts you. I think the biggest thing for us this year is going to be figuring out what kind of tempo we need to play at to be able to balance out what we are going to be good at offensively and not hanging our defense out to dry too quickly. As, that was one of the major failings in the hurry-up offenses that exist out there. Uh, going back to when we were doing it with Coach right. Malzahn was, if you go three and out and you're going tempo, your defense is right back on the field after like, no time, no actual time has gone off of the clock mm -hmm. and barely in any actual time in, in real time, right? Because right. the clock's not stopping. Like you're literally, you're, you just got off the field. Oh, great stop, guys. And then you turn around, sit down, take your helmet off. You rest for like 45 seconds and you're right back out there on the field again. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how we're able to kind of put together a, an offense with tempo that I know both of both, you know, Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery want to run and being able to make sure that we have a defense that feels rested every single time that they head back out there onto the field. Um, so 
I agree with you. Mid-20s, right? Like, I would say somewhere between 21, 24 points per game is a really good place for this defense to be in. And that should give us an opportunity with what we hope to be an improved offense to go out there and score some points and get us some wins against some teams that maybe people don't predict us to. Because you got to think about the offensive power that we're going to be going up against. We don't know where Georgia is going to be offensively, but they're going to be good defensively again this year. And they're going to have a bunch of talent on offense. Yeah. Alabama is not going to be talent depraved all of a sudden, right? They didn't just lose a bunch of five stars. They just kind of reshuffled the deck. Um, We already talked about, or you already mentioned Texas A&M, a bunch of talent on that team and what people assume to be a more competent play caller. Texas A&M could be a dangerous team next year. If they're going to play defense at sub 21 points per game again, and have an offense that's actually competent. Right. LSU, tw- I ex- actually expect LSU's defense to get better this year in year two under that system, uh, a year uh, smarter with you know more experienced players. I expect their defense to get better. That's actually a dangerous proposition. Uh, hopefully their offense falls apart selfishly. Um, <laughs> Mississippi State, we just don't know, right? Like that's an anomaly. I expect their defense to actually be better this season because they have a defensive-minded head coach, but where will they be offensively this year? I don't know the answer to that one. Uh, who else on our schedule? Ole Miss, you know, who knows? Uh, again, people hated Pete Golding in Alabama, but look at what his points per game was and tell me that he can't improve that Ole Miss defense. Potentially, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I um, mean, he won't have the horses, right? Like yeah. that he had at Alabama. But, you know, I, I again, to what, you know, to underscore what you're saying here, um, you know, Auburn has to find a way to at least be average in this category. Almost 30 points per game is 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 it puts a lot, it puts a lot on your offense. Yeah. Right. It puts a lot on your offense. And so, you know, how do they achieve that? Well, we've talked a lot about Ron Roberts' defense and that jack position. And can they rush the passer? Right. Upsetting what teams are trying to do. Uh, from a passing standpoint, I think is going to be a big part of this. So Auburn has struggled. Uh, to me, Auburn has struggled, even with some great pass rushers like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Derek Hall and Ekwuleota and some of these guys who have come through. Um, they've struggled to rush the passer consistently. And yeah. so if you cannot disrupt what a team is trying to do often enough, you know, getting into that backfield and causing havoc, you're going to have a problem because in today's college football, again, with, with rules, Isaac, that are so uh, offense friendly, you know, quarterbacks right. are going to carve you up, right? Uh, the Hen and Hookers of the world are going to carve you up. Now he's gone, but even the, you know, I mean, Joe Milton's, you give a, you give a bad quarterback enough time and he's going to be an average to good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, listen, look, Nobody expected Penn State to come in here and beat us with Sean Clifford. And, yeah. and even Penn State people were like, oh, he Sean so Clifford. He was so underrated to me. Like, but he had he had all day back there when he was playing against us. We were not putting any pressure on him. So right. when you don't put pressure on a guy who is smart enough to be able to know where to go with the football, Sean Clifford, with all those years of experience, he's gonna carve you up eventually. And so uh, now, the run game let us down last year, but I'm speaking of the game where we played in Happy Valley. Sean Clifford had a field day because he never got pressured for the vast majority of that game. Uh, so you, the, the pass rush and our ability to get to the passer is going to be crucial in our ability to stop teams that have prolific passing attacks for sure. Uh, but hopefully we don't have a repeat of the 2022 version of our run game because, or excuse me, defensively in the run game because that was 
sad. It was actually sad to watch us get run over in Penn State, uh, Arkansas, to absolutely devour us on the ground. Georgia consistently being able to run the ball on us. LSU actually ran the ball fairly well up until the quarterback got hurt, and then they had to change what they were doing offensively, that threat of the quarterback run. Texas A&M didn't have their star running back in that game, so we played a lot better in that one. Mississippi State actually ran the ball decent on us last year. Ole Miss ran the ball well on us last year, right? So it just, the defense has a lot of ways that it needs to improve. A lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with that front seven, and hopefully we are in a better position in the front seven to be able to an impact the game at a, a broader level um, than we were last year. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, it, the front seven, you know, we talked about this after A-Day uh, and the performance they had even against our own run offense. And, you know, Jason Jones, when interviewed, said, hey, you know, we've got to step it up. You know, if we allow other teams to do that, um, they're going to have some problems. So, uh, you know, controlling, you know, you can't let teams control the clock and run the ball on you, right? right? You know, can't let them hold serve. Um, you've got to force them uh, to, to give it up and, and, and to get your, and get your offense back on the field to get them as many opportunities as possible so that you can. Because, you know, to me, Isaac, right, like sustained drives on offense, right, and three and outs on defense is how you keep these points per game low. Right. Control the clock, control right. the, the game. Yeah. So the offense will have something to, to you know, there's a, there's a correlation between right. how you're doing offensively and how many points you're giving up if your defense is constantly on the field. And if they're worn out in the fourth quarter, you know, and giving up, you know, a majority of the points in the fourth quarter, how many times have we seen Auburn have a great defensive performance through three quarters? And then the fourth quarter, they wore down because they were on the field and losing time of possession, essentially. Right. Right on offense, it sucks. Right, so you know, looking at these numbers, uh, uh, you know, kind of going back over this: Georgia at one, Alabama at two, you know, Kentucky at three, LSU coming in at five, Tennessee. There is a correlation between how many points you can keep your opponent from scoring and the success that you have with few outliers. Right, either way, like I said, Texas A and M is an outlier. Yeah, to be in the top four and have the type of season they had. Right. Conversely, you'll see seasons where, you know, there's a team that's having a lot of success, but near the bottom of this list. They are the exception and not the rule. Right. So, uh, you know, bend but don't break defense is, you know, has worked for Auburn in the past where they've given up a ton of yards but not a ton of points. Uh, right. But yeah, hopefully Ron Roberts is fixing that. So if you're neither, you're giving up neither. <laughs> and that's what we hope they're moving towards. Wool Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the Wool Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop.
We're going to hear from you all in the chat here and see what you're talking about. We'll get the festivities kicked off with James Barnett, who says, fellas, if we're scoring at a high clip, would the defensive points per game matter as long as we kept it to about 25 points per game or less? Thoughts on that, Mike? Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, around 25 points per game, I still think you're going to find yourself into in some tight. <laughs> like, you may, yeah, there are going to be some 50-54 quarters, maybe more than you want. Uh, so ideally, you want that number to be a little closer to 21 points per game. Uh, but um, I don't. I I think they're going to need some time to figure it out on offense, at least through the first half of the season. And so it would be a luxury to have a defense that gave you that three touchdown margin, right? I mean, you, so I mean, let's look right? at the, the schedule, right? So if we could be a you know twenty something point per game through the first four games, I think that that'd be ideal. Yeah, right? it might, might, might be playing. good enough for like that might be good enough for four and zero at least to start the season, right? Cupcake right. Cal, Cupcake Texas A and M. If you could be twenty one or less it through those games, which they should be able to be against two teams that shouldn't really be able to compete with you in a Cal team that's kind of an unknown. Um, then you get to Texas A&M, and hopefully they haven't figured out anything offensively. You may need to be a sub-21 point defense in that game in order to keep yourself involved if Texas A&M is as good defensively this year as they were last year. Right. Right. Agreed. So, I mean, 25 points per game is not terrible, but, you know, you saw the list, right? <laughs> you definitely want to shave about three points off of that if you want to be. I, I, I just would not put my money on them being a well-tuned machine on offense early, <laughs> right? So, you know, hold them, you know, give those guys some time to figure it out. Hopefully the defense can give them some time to figure it out offensively. Uh, AU alum jumps in and says, going three and out all gum time don't help you, your defense. You should be better this year with some offensive control. Yeah, it's hard to have this conversation without talking at least a little bit about the offense because it's been such a storyline. Hurry up, no huddle, right? It was the gift and the curse. Um, you know, with these, these uh, uh, you know, they called it at Oregon, what do they call it, like the blur offense or whatever. You, you you even when you score fast, you put your defense back on the field, <laughs> right? right? So being able to have sustained drives is important in college football. You hold the ball, you give your defense a break, you know, and, you, and those guys can be fresh in the fourth quarter when they're going to need to, and what inevitably will be some really tight battles in the SEC West, right? So you know, uh, think about overtime versus Mississippi State. You know, you know, think about how many games even last year that were tight going into the fourth quarter and guys were gassed LSU, right? You, and, and when you're gassed, you make mistakes. So uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's going to be really important for the offense to help the, to help these guys out. If we expect this points per game number to be somewhere in the top half of the conference. Philip Hall jumps in and says, need to be able to hold teams to 21 on the regular. So he I, echoes your sentiments, Mike. 21 is the magic number there. Uh, Ant Robinson says points per games need to be between 17 and 20. He wants us to be elite defensively. Yeah, that's a top 25. That's that's a top 25 defense. Right. And, and, and that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, but if, I, I will defense. go out on a limb and say this. 
if our defense holds people between 17 and 20 points per game, we only lose two games max next year. I just don't see a scenario that our offense is so bad with the schedule, that, yeah. we're, that we're putting this kind of defense on the field mm-hmm. and we lose more than two games. I agree. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what Hugh Freeze can do here. I mean, remember the Land Shark defense? These guys were any given Sunday and get out there. Um, it's uh, they were opportunistic. They were very opportunistic defense under Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. Uh, I think they're going to have to be better in today's SEC uh, than that defense was. So, you know, hopefully Ron Roberts is, is bringing something new and fresh and he can keep offenses uh, guessing. Uh, AU alum jumps back in. Uh, where we failed last year was giving up way too many third and eight. Uh, we were atrocious giving up long third downs. Yeah. I could not agree with this yeah. more. It was kind of disappointing how many third and long situations. But this goes back to the pass rush that we talked about, right? Like, you're giving up that because you're not able to pressure an opposing team's quarterback, and they're having too much time to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're doing scheme wise, they've got it pegged, and you're just you're not. I mean, we even we even gave up some third and six sevens on on rushes, right? Like we just weren't a very sound defensive unit last year. And again, the points per game kind of bear that out. Um, Speaking of that, Wesley Hilson gives the most depressing stat of the day, which is remove the cupcakes off of last year's schedule. The defense gave up 33.89 points per game. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's going to be tough. I'm telling you, like, you know, against real opponents, you know, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, But also the struggles on offense, again, hurt those guys quite a bit. Right, I thought that number wasn't indicative of how talented that defense was. They were on the field a lot, man. I mean, we Auburn didn't score a lot of points. Dude, the game plans were bad. It was just, you know, it was it was what it was, right? And they kind of got it together over the last half of the season with the run game. I mean, if you think about it, the three hundred, three the three hundred yards that they put up on Bama on the ground kept that game from being a complete disaster of a blowout. Yeah. Right? I mean, it it, it could have been it could have been very 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 embarrassing. Not that it was close, but like listen, you know, if they didn't run the ball the way they did, um it, it just it, I mean, you could have been talking about a like 60 point game for Bama. Yeah, I mean, they they had no problem moving the ball against us uh, in that game. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, to your point, if it wasn't for the fact that we were choking the clock out with being able to run the ball so well, it could have gotten much worse because they'd have gotten more opportunities. Uh, so wasn't a very pleasant day to be an Auburn fan watching that game. Uh, Philip Hall jumps in and says, I remember the days of us giving up seven, 27 points and knew we could still win. But last year, it felt like we were done if we gave up that much. Listen, 27 points is a lot of points. Like, I, I know it doesn't feel like a lot of points in today's uh, game, but that's a lot of points. But right. to your point, if you can score 30 plus points per game, then 27 doesn't feel the same to you. Like, think about, uh, you know, I know it's NFL, but think about those Kansas City Chief teams that would come back from 21-plus point deficits in the second half of games because their offense was just that good, right? Uh, But what is untold about their ability to come back in those games is that somehow their defense stopped giving up points. Right. Right? Like, it doesn't matter if you keep scoring how many points the other team scores. 
right? Like, so if I'm up 21 points and you 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 start scoring a bunch, as long as I keep scoring, we're good. Right. We're in trade points all day. Right. But what's untold about that is somehow that defense figured it out in the second half of games and allowed them the opportunity for that prolific offense to get going. Um, so there has to be some interplay between the two. But to your point, Philip, if 27 points feels like nothing, then you've got a very prolific offense that you're trotting out there. That's facts. That's facts. Uh, P-Pass jumps in and says, Hall will not be easy to replace, hoping uh, is hoping that it's collectively we find a way to replace him. Derek Hall definitely was a big piece of what we did last year, and he will be sorely missed on this. Um, but we've got to, to your point, figure out a way. Because for him, I think it was more leadership and effort than it was just dominance across the board. Agreed. Um, for me, Kobe Wooden actually is the guy that you're going to have to figure out. Because he was just kind of that timely... I'm going to go make a play right here for negative yards guy. Yep. Uh, Derek Hall was just like, I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be all the time, and I'm never going to give up on a play. Kobe Witten was kind of like a change maker up front. So yeah. that's the guy I think is going to be difficult to replace. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who steps up, right, yeah. um, in, in the absence of the leadership uh, that Derek Hall provided um, and the physicality. I mean, you lost the second rounder. You know, they're a defensive end. Who's going to be the next first or second rounder to step up? Man, they're going to have to have somebody do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, l- listen, um, we we don't think about it in terms of that. But to your point, guys getting drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft shows a high level of talent. And both of those guys were able to do it. It's going to be interesting to see who we replace because you have to ask yourself, you know, um, this was an inter- I thought B. Will asked me an interesting question. We were having the Alan Flanagan conversation about how many teams across the country or even the SEC would Alan Flanagan start at if it wasn't Auburn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about that and then you kind of move it forward to what are the pro prospects of an Alan Flanagan, uh, then you think about how serviceable a guy he was, but not how dominant he was, right? right? There's a difference between he's a good college player, serviceable for the role that you need him in and how dominant they are. Asking that same question along this defensive front is, how many guys do we currently have on this defensive line that you feel like are NFL prospects, Oof. right? How many of those guys do you, can you say that are mm-hmm. eligible to go to the NFL this year after mm-hmm. this season will get an, a legit opportunity not having put any film on there, I'm just talking about what they've already done. Are are people in the NFL salivating over anybody on this defensive line? Yeah. A fair question to ask. I don't know if we need to answer that question today. Maybe that's a deeper dive. But when you think about that, then you think about what you have to replace in a Derek Hall and a Kobe Wooden because both of those guys, NFL teams were like, oh yeah, I got to have him. You know, this, this may or may not be relevant, but I'll be interested to see uh, who on defense gets selected to go to SEC media days? I'm I'm interested to see just at all on this team. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Who are, are going to be the three? Yeah, right, yeah. We say these guys are going to have a prolific enough. Um, Look, these are my leaders. Yeah, yeah, and they're well spoken enough that I'm going to put them in front of the camera. Right, like I'm very interested to see who Hugh Freeze chooses in his first year to go to SEC Media Days because it's going to be an interesting media storm happening in Nashville this year. Right, agreed. It's, <laughs> I have so many questions. Like, like I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if again, if they, if who they, who do they pick? Who do they pick to represent? You know, Auburn. You know, in this way, it's it's yeah. it's good. It means something. It means something. Who do they? They took Derek Hall. Tank and John Samuel Shanker last year. 
Right. And all those guys were significant contributors. And so, you know, on a, a team where you have guys who have not, a lot of guys who have not contributed, um, ideally, Jarquez Hunter probably would have gone, but he's probably not going this year. Uh, right. Who do you take? And I, I, I'll be interested to see. They always take somebody from both sides of the ball. Yeah. And on defense, it'll be interesting to see who they take here. Uh, one more here from Corey Reber said, what year was in the freeze tenure that the Landshark, de- was the Landshark decreated year one? Actually, Landshark predated Hugh Freeze. It was a Houston Nuts um, situation there. However, uh, I think it was in its third year when Hugh Freeze took over and it gained its popularity under Hugh Freeze because the team was actually good. Right. right? So like they were doing that before coach Hugh Freeze uh, landed there, but a, a team being good changes the perception of everything, right? Like that defense wasn't phenomenal, but when that when you're winning games and you're being opportunistic in the way that that defense was under Coach Hugh Freeze, it changes the perception of what that defense is. Listen, Mike has talked about this a lot. The defense that won us the national championship, which I'm loosely saying they won us the national championship, yeah. wasn't a good defense. It wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was, again, the crazy outlier that we talk about. The exception and not the rule. So, you know, we talk about it at the top of the show, right? It is not common to give up a bunch of points per game and find success. They did it, and somehow, but, again, they had probably the best college football player of all time on the other side of the ball, uh, which was their saving grace. So they had an offense that constantly bailed them out as as opposed to them, you know. Now, listen, that defense was, again, opportunistic. They got turnovers, and they scored points, scooping scores, pick sixes. I I mean, that team had it all. And, right. and and a pretty prolific uh, defensive tackle in Nick Fairley. Like, you know, you talk about rushing the passer. When you have a tackle that can get to the quarterback, right. it causes oh, yeah. all pressure, kinds pressure of problems. Yeah. The middle is is death it's to insane. Uh, yeah. Insane. So uh, they had that, and I thought it was important that, you know, that was highlighted. So, uh, you know, does Auburn have a player that can be that disruptive on defense that, you know, defense gets – you know, easier for everybody else. We'll see. Yeah. And that, that is essentially the question that you have to ask yourself is who along that defensive front is going to be the guy that disrupts the game plan for the opposing team um, and make everybody tilt in the direction of the, like they're going to have to come into a game against Auburn and say, all right, we're circling numbers, such and such every time they're on the field, this is the guy that we're going to game plan around. We're going to scheme away from them. We're going to try to run misdirection so that they get them out of the play. If you don't have that guy, it makes it a lot tougher to play. Now it doesn't have to be a guy singular, but when you do have that guy, everybody else's job gets way easier, way easier. That's facts. Uh, so hopefully we can uh, be able to identify whoever that guy is going to be. Anyway, uh, any last words before we get out of here, Mike? man, listen, don't let them score points and <laughs> <to> win games. <laughs> That's it. That's the recipe. If they can't score, they can't yeah, win. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah. A lot of building rapport content that's going to be coming at you guys. You got some that's out there right now. Go watch those videos to satiate you between now and tonight. But we'll be out of here until next time. And as always, War Eagle, peace. Drive.